Alexa, what is the best podcast in the land? Here's Pulling Back the Curtain podcast registered from Amazon Music. Playing the latest episode. Season three of the Pulling Back the Curtain podcast is brought to you by Samato Coffee. Pull Back the Curtain podcast listeners will receive a 20% discount on your order by using promo code BALLERSCOFFEE. To learn more about Sumato Coffee, please visit their website at www.sumatocoffee.com. That's S-U-M-A-T-O-C-O-F-F-E-E.com. What's happening, people? And what you know good? We'd like to thank you for listening and spending your time with us. This is Pulling Back the Curtain podcast, the most provocative, the most exciting, the baddest, baddest podcast in the land. We come with the dopest topics, hitting with our rawest opinion, while giving you the straight up facts. That's right, no fake news here. I'm Jules. I'm Press. On this episode, we catch up with friend of the podcast, King Mac from Bad Guy Radio, as we pull back the curtain on all things Chicago sports and much, much more. Press, what's popping, baby? Jules, I'm just glad that, man, the weekend is here because this has been a hell of a week, bro. I don't Uh-oh. know about you, but it's been a hell of a week, man. <laughs> oh, man. Nah, only thing only thing new on my end is that, you know, the trial is going on and counseling days off again. So that's 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 all that's going on on my end. Yeah, but shit, at least you got that time off, man, because that definitely much needed. And also at the same time, could you imagine if you had that time off and they canceling days off now? Mm-mm, mm-mm. Been there, done that. I don't want to go through that no more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we definitely gonna get into that trial here in a second. But I got to share one story with you in the audience, man, before we get into this episode. So as I mentioned, been a tough week. There was an accident. I'm not gonna get oh, into too man. many details about that. But dealing with these rental car companies, especially when insurance is involved, man, is a pain in the ass. Enterprise rental, y'all got to do better. <laughs> when y'all send a text message to say a vehicle is ready to, for pickup. You would think that when you get there, the vehicle's ready for pickup. Oh, damn. <laughs> well, so, uh, well, <laughs> what? so I show up. I get the text message. Vehicle ready for pickup. This is 1 o'clock. I get there at 2.15 because, you know, I was doing some stuff for work. And I'm like, okay, let me slide over there real quick, pick up the vehicle, get back to the crib. I get there. The lady's like, oh, here, let me get your insurance card. Let me get your ID. I give her all this information. And I had to go run out to the car to grab something else she needed. I turn around, and it's a guy standing behind me. First of all, Jules. I'm like, why are you standing behind me this close to my car? He's about to, he was a second from catching some heat. Okay. I looked at him like, bro, what's up? (laughs) And he's like, oh, no, I'm the the manager. I was like, okay, well, don't be so close to me. I was like, because that could have been something else. And Mm -hmm. so then he he, he already got off the road for me there. And then the second thing he says is, yeah, that vehicle is actually at Midway Airport right now. We won't be able to get it back to like six o'clock. And I said, that's not like your problem. I said, you sent me a text message that said the vehicle's ready at one. It's 2.15. I was like, so you don't have another vehicle here? He's like looking around a lot. He's like, well, no, they're all spoken for. I was like, so if you knew that this vehicle was somewhere else, why did I get this text message? I turned showing my phone. I'm like, does this not say one o'clock pickup? Right, right. He's like, yeah, I think we triggered the alert too early. I'm like, again, that's your problem. I said, I took time out of my workday to come over here. I said, now imagine this. And I picked this whole story for him of how basically my time got wasted. And can he imagine if his time got wasted in that manner? And he's got this like this dumb look on his face. And I'm like, I see that you don't get it, sir. I said, when you work at customer service, man, the objective is to make the customer satisfied and make them happy. I'm not happy mm-hmm. right now. I was like, look at my face. I'm like, this is not a happy guy. Oh, I said, now, man. what's going to happen here is 
I will not be coming back here at six o'clock. Here's my address. What you guys are going to do is you're going to drive somebody over to my home with that car and you're going to drop it off. If okay. not, then I'm going to go somewhere else with this business. And of course, they dropped the car off and all was well. But my long drawn out story there, Jules, is just talking about customer service, man. Customer service is very much lacking these days. If you got a job, do your job. Don't pass the buck. Don't try to make excuses. Own up to it if you fuck up. That's all. Well, well, Perez, let me ask you something. Couldn't he just give you a card that you like, and then when the one that's going to come there from Midway, give it to somebody else? See, now that was or, the thing that that was the thing that I originally asked, but I wanted an SUV. They only had one other SUV, oh, and okay. that one was already spoken for. Okay. Yeah. Now, and I don't want to shit on nobody, but they was trying to put me in a Ford Fusion. I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm good on that. So I'll just wait till the <laughs> SUV is back. <laughs> yeah, man. When you uh when you used to certain things, you can't go back. I mean, <laughs> you know, you know, I like leg room. <laughs> I got you. I got you. <laughs> oh man, man, that's a good story, man. You're right about customer service. It's like, it's like you try to go to an establishment or you know a restaurant or whatever the case may be. You you like to feel welcome. Yeah, you know you like to feel welcome. You like you feel you like to feel taken care of. And when you got somebody who said give me your dumb look, you trying to explain the, the situation, and he just like he ain't getting it. You're like. Whatever, man. You went to you went to uh, step two with it. <laughs> yeah, I sure did. I sure did. <laughs> well, hell, your look alone, he should have been like, sir, here, here's my car. And, uh, <laughs> and don't worry about gassing it up or anything like that. I, I, I just bring it back, bring it back on E. <laughs> your ass crazy. It probably is why his ass is a little quiet. He probably ain't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, so that was that experience there with Enterprise Rentals. Audience, if you guys have to deal with them in the future, don't be surprised if you get a text message to say your car's ready and it's not. So oh, call man. first. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, hey, duty noted, man. Duty noted. Man, my goodness. But, Jules, let's get into the fair file and the mailback Uh-oh. questions on this show. All right. So yes, I got a good one for you guys this week. So, Jules, I'm going to ask you. Okay. Fair file or people that don't respond to your text message, mm. but then turn around the next day and ask you some random-ass question or ask you to do them a favor, as if you didn't message them the other day with some sort of question or some sort of comment or whatever the case may be. So I'm going to ask you, Jules, fair follow someone that don't respond to your text message, but then in that same thread will then ask you a question and then skips over what the hell you talked about or what you even asked them about. Fair Man, file. Where, where my where my flag at? Because that's a foul. Right? I mean, come on. You you so be, you know obviously if you text something, it's something you want some you, you want to respond, but then you didn't get it right away. You probably think okay maybe the person's busy I can mm-hmm. overlook that, but then the next day you didn't even get the response to your question or whatever the case it is, and then you get asked a question. You're like what? Like oh man I, yeah that's a foul man. So I got I got I got to tell you the story. It's, it's okay. surrounding the accident that we had in the household. Now mm. last week I sent the offender. A text message. And I was sharing with them that one-on-one interview that I that I shared with you that I did with the the Chicago Bulls player, okay. and so I was pretty happy and, and pretty proud of that moment. So I'm sharing it with some friends and family and whatnot. I'm not expecting people to just drop everything and listen to it, but I'm expecting like, okay, maybe a day two. You know, you may say, "Oh man, I'll take a look at it," or "Congrats," or "Props," or whatever. So this one offender who was a family member of mine 
not only didn't respond to that shit, which is the only person that hadn't responded to it. So now you also got you on my shit list for that, sir. But then you turn around and you send a message and you're like, oh, hey, is everything okay with the car? What? Huh? Mm. I said you something about something totally different. Now right. you're in my business about something that ain't got nothing to do with you. See, what, what I did tap you in on, you ain't had no words for me. But now you want to get in my business about something mm. else that don't have nothing to do with you. You know what I'm saying, Jules? Mm. Prayers, you you did something. When you sent me that, I immediately looked at it and hit you up saying congratulations. Because it's rightfully so. Because th- that's that's big. That's big. And I congratulate you. When you somebody, you, you sent it to somebody, and then only thing they sent back is when something negative happened. Something Thank bad. you. Thank you. Mm. That's a different story we're talking about now. So not only is he foul for not even Mm. responding and coming back to me for something else, but then you focus on some negative shit that you heard and not something that's positive that's going on. And that's something in this world, man, that we got to fucking change about ourselves. Mm -hmm. When people are doing good things, we sometimes, and I'm not going to say all, but some people, they get jealous or they can't even just be happy for you. But let something negative happen, and they all, oh man, did you did you hear about this? Or oh man, what happened over there? I heard this was going on over there with y'all. How are you hearing all this? I ain't tell you nothing. But the thing that I did tell you about, you had nothing to say. Tis tis. <laughs> right? Uh so now we know we we know where that person comes from. Oh yeah. Duly noted. That's all yeah. I said in that moment. I never even respond to their message. So I hope that if they happen to listen to this episode, I'm still not gonna respond to your message unless you <laughs> respond to my message that I sent you. <laughs> About right. the interview. Because right. I'm petty like that. So until I get a response on that, you ain't going to hear shit about what's going on with the car. Yo, never ransom that. Man, straight up. That thing going in the vault. No, 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 no. That's cool. No, no, you did right. You did right. No. <laughs> now, audience, I want y'all to tell me, because I know sometimes y'all be like, man, Prez, you petty as hell. Yes, I am. And... I own that shit because that's who I am. But at the same time, Jules will tell you this. If he or anybody I rock with has got anything going on, not only am I the person that's going to be like big up in them, but I'm going to try to find a way to fucking elevate what they're doing. You see the people that we brought on this show. These are all people that I wanted to share our platform with where people can know what they had going on. That's what we do here. So when you have people that's close to you that don't pay it for it, but then they want you to do something to help elevate them, it's like, well, damn, this is one-sided? That's interesting. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. no and I, and, and I'll say this, Jules. I don't do the give. But every once in a while, it feels good for somebody to just say, you know what, man? I appreciate what you're doing over there. Man, I rock with right. what y'all doing over there. That's it. Hey, it, 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 it doesn't take much. It don't take much. It's simple. Hey, man, you guys keep it up, man. I love what you got going on. That goes a long way. Yep. It goes a long way. If you feel good about it. Like, say, we ain't out there trying to, look, you know, out there looking for it, begging people for it. But, if, you know, once in a while, somebody give you a good feedback or, you know, pat or like, hey, man, what can I do? Man, that goes a long way. I just think people need to do better out here. That's all I'm going to say there. So let's yes, get into sir. these mailbag questions. Okay. The first one. And all this, I told y'all we was going to get into this Cal Rittenhouse trial. Um, first question comes over from Victor from Chicago's Little Village. And he wanted to know. What was what was up with Kyle Rittenhouse and those fake tears on the stand? Jules, talk to him. Oh, man. I hope it wasn't fake. I hope this dude is really genuine about what happened and he feel real bad about what happened. I mean, that's all I can, I can say. Right. It's a bad situation. It's a messed up situation, messed up scene. 
But if he was faking, shame on him. Shame on him. You're 17, 18 years old. You big enough to out there with that. You had that rifle out there. You're big enough to carry that rifle. Now you can't mm. be big enough to uh, be, be in that hot box. You mm. know, <laughs> testify. I testify plenty of time. There ain't nothing joking about it. No, it's, it's intimidating. It's yeah, intimidating. it is serious. Mm-hmm. And you got to be on it. Now, if you was faking, dude, shame on you. And there, you're going to answer. You're going to answer that sooner or later. You know. So listen, you're going to get off. Let's let's be honest, people. Let's be honest. I mean, I, I looked at the thing. He might get tried for. Might get convicted on the gun charge, maybe. But listen, dude, you don't need to do all that. You don't need to do all that. Go in there and give your test. Give your testimony and and and, and keep moving. Yeah, see, that's the that's the unfortunate part, and we're gonna do a future episode on that when it gets to that part. But for this question here, Victor, when I look at this situation, I saw him on the stand, and he was straining so hard to make some tears come out. Nothing happened. Mm. There was no moisture that came out of my eyes, bro. I'm sitting here like, man, whoever was training you on being theatrical in that moment, they should have told you to think about something sad or something that that gets you upset because I didn't see no tears. I didn't see nothing. Mm-hmm. All I saw was somebody was acting. It was awful performance. And also, the simple fact of the matter is, is that his actions led to people dying. So the loved ones are the people whose tears that I'm concerned about. Fuck his tears. And I've already okay. told you guys how I feel about this kid. Fuck this kid. Mm-hmm. Because people want to sit here and they want to talk to me about self-defense. Well, my self-defense is minding my own fucking business. Dude. <laughs> Amen, brother. Amen. So... This situation here, there is so much that we're going to unpack on this, but we are definitely going to talk about this on a future episode, audience. You have our word on that. The next question, Jules, comes over from Armand from Chicago, Illinois. Shout out to you, Armand. He wanted to know, Jules, should Larry Hoover be freed from prison? Oof, man, you know, I was torn on this one. Years ago, I would say, and not too long, but I would say, yes, if he can come out and kind of handle things that's going on in the community. They took the heads off from the uh, from the gangster. They took the leaders out. So when you took the leaders out, you took the discipline out. You took the, the rank and file, the literature. You took the, there was structure. There was a little more structure. So now we see the results of it today. Just, just kids are just wilding out. They're wilding, they're gunning down blocks and there's no structure out. In that sense, I would say if he can help him and Fort and Jeff Ford and all, all the other but still, 73 got, got caught up with this murder charge, you know, found guilty of murder. Still handling stuff from inside. They got more regal charges, and now he's serving six consecutive life, life sentences. Uh, it's, I'm torn because if he can help what's going on, I, I will have no problem with it. But still, he ended up taking somebody's life. That's why I'm like, ugh, you know, you still got to do, you know, got to do the time. Um, I need to go back and if I can and do some investigating on other bosses that was all for my bosses. The only thing that come to mind is Capone, you know, just off the top of my head. But he was going through syphilis, so that doesn't go off his health conditions. But still, I mean, he did a lot of dirt. So, you know, so whereas I'm just I'm just a little torn. I maybe, maybe for if he can help out the community and also if it's help, you know, deteriorating, but not because the stuff that he got caught up on in, in the past. Okay. No, and I, I just was just curious to kind of hear your insight on it. So what I would say on this one, Armand, is you guys remember when Kanye was in the White House, he was taking pictures with Trump. Well, during that time, he was talking to Trump about passing a law to help um, inmates that were convicted of drug crimes 
to have their prison sentences reduced. Mm-hmm. So Trump ended up passing that law. It was called the First Step Act. And so actually two of Hoover's former gang lieutenants, they were freed under this law. So what they're trying to do right now is try to figure out a way how to get Hoover free under this law that Trump passed back in 2018. So to the point that you made, Jules, I was kind of torn on it too, because yeah, you know, you think about it, he was the head of an organization that when they started, it maybe was a little different than what it ended up turning into. Mm-hmm. He was still, he still had his basically his his hands on the control when he was in prison. So, you know, he was still keeping things moving. However, I look at the situation, he's 69 years old, he's got kids, he's got grandkids. I was listening to his son, Larry Hoover Jr., talk about the fact that he had graduated from college. He ain't even really been able to even see his father. They won't even allow him to even have face-to-face contact with his family. Mm. So for me, I look at that, I'm just like, man, dude, like he ain't seen his kids, his grandkids, and he's 69 years old. Like this is going to be a 70-year-old man soon. What's he going to do? I don't know. So my point is, free this man. Let him be with his family. And maybe he can restore some order because I've heard that he's rehabilitated and that he's changed and he's done a lot of good work behind bars. So maybe he could come out here, man, and be an example to some of these kids that are out here, Jules. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, dude, I'm with you. Yeah. It's a tough one if, you know, he's, so pretty much his, his whole life he was in prison. He ain't never seen his kids grow up, grandkids or whatever. Well, like you said, what's he going to, he's 70. What's he, what's he going to get, get back into business? I, you know what I'm saying? I yeah, mean, the, the game are past him by. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, so if it happens, cool. If not, it's, it's a tough one for me. It's a tough one. No, I hate it. Listen, that's why people ask these questions, man. They want to hear our thoughts on it. And an and, and audience, we always going to give you our unfiltered thoughts on these things. So you don't have to worry about us giving you some PC answer. It's right. just going to be how we see things. So this is a tough one, but I do appreciate that question. The next one comes over from Jamie from Mesa, Arizona. And this is a doozy of a question. She wanted to know what our thoughts were on the role that Travis Scott played in the deaths Ooh, at his recent Astro World concert. Oh, man, Chris. I, when I heard about this, I was like, oh, my God. Nine people I heard. I think one just passed yesterday. Uh, I haven't been in Chris, We talked about it. I haven't been in a, in a concert so long. <laughs> when I heard about this thing being 50,000 people, that is a lot of people. Yes. At a concert. And then you got to have things in place. So things like this won't happen. I know what happened. It happened in things happened. I know what happened in, in the years with, with other rock groups. And in Europe, I read about an event where 100 people was, was hurting, 11 or 20 people. Could, you know, it happened. But you when you learn from those things and you put stuff in place, put rules, and you implement things where things like this don't happen. Now, his role, a small role. Me, Jim, I think he didn't know what was going on because it's saying he kept performing when when people was getting, you know, he was lip, he was hyping the crowd up. The, you know, he's rapping it. I mean, I mean, fans is responding. I, I really don't think he he knew, but I like what he's doing. Afterwards, he put out a thing, sent up his prayers and his condolences to the family. He's offered to pay for it, people's funerals. He offers to pay for it, people to have uh, go to therapy if we need it. He's standing up as a man and taking responsibility. He's working with the authorities and investigators. So I like that aspect in him, that, you know, he's standing up as a man and taking responsibility and want to make this thing, you know, that you want to, you know, help out and, and do his part and do everything he can and make sure nothing like this happens in the future. 
a small role. I think everybody needs to play a part. The security team, I read one thing, you know, they wasn't prepared. Mm. Uh, you know what I'm saying? There was, I mean, 50,000 people pressed. Yep. The people that's, it, that's, the experts in that have to get together and, and figure out if you have a, a size that magnitude of people out there, what is the protocol where people can go out there and have a good time and won't get hurt? So, Jules, I mean, man, incredible points there because I think it's really easy to point the finger solely at him, which is what everybody's been doing. What I've heard from a lot of people is, man, he was hyping the crowd up. They also mm. were like, he didn't stop the show. But I've been to tons of these rap concerts. These rappers, that's what they do. They hype the right. crowd up. Mm-hmm. People go crazy. It's not the first time that I've seen something like this. I've seen this happen, at, at, like you said, at rock and roll concerts, man. That's what these performers do. Now, honestly, I kind of agree with you. I don't think that he had enough information from the security personnel. Maybe they should have stepped in and right. done a little bit more. But he also has a part to play it as well because he's out there. He sees what's going on. I've heard other performers say they would have halted the show. So I do say to a small degree, yes, he does mm-hmm. also have some culpability in this situation. But I want to talk to the venue and the promoters. You guys obviously overbooked this thing because you guys are trying to make all the money you could on this show. 50,000 people in that venue, they, <laughs> they didn't have enough water. They weren't set up for that. And I just feel like they're trying to make him a scapegoat just from the, the way that I look at it. Now, he has a role in this, but I don't think he's the only person that has uh-uh. a role in it. No, no, no. It's a, it's a, it's a collective effort now. It's a collective effort. I'm, I'm not a performer. I wish I was out there rapping and say so I could see what, so I could see it and give my expertise. So well, I can go by. I just speculate. Like you said, Prince, he out there hyping the crowd up, people feed, feeding back on it. They got mosh pits going, people, you know, rapping and pushing each other. I mean, small part. His job is to come out there and perform. The venue part and the, and, and the promoters and the security, they, they their job is to go out there and make sure everybody's safe while he's performing. So if he can, one of them life lessons learned, okay, I'm out there performing. What If I see something that's not looking, that don't look right, or and people uh, are falling down, or people at the front of the stage, you know, the front of the stage, the, the front row, and people getting put, smashed in, yeah, that's yep. when, okay, let's, Let's hold on, people. Let's take a time out. Let's put, like, we got to think about our safety, these people's safety. So, yep. And I will say this I'm not defending Travis Scott mm-hmm. whatsoever because mm-hmm. he should be investigated in his role for what happened there, but he should not be the only person investigated because mm-hmm. everybody was really quick to remind us that, hey, Scott has a history of having very rowdy shows and he's been arrested for inciting a crowd at, at previous things. But that's why if you book him as your artist, then you got to consider the risk and plan for that behavior and make sure that you're prepared for some situations like that. If that's the act that you wanted to come there and you know he has this history, then prepare for that. How come that didn't happen here? Right. right. Well, they, well, Prez, like you said, he's a big attraction, big artist. He's going to bring in lots of money. That was one of them things that they overlook. Safety is prevalent. She'll be number one, just like and I, other stuff that happened with the Alec Baldwin situation another situation, but safety should be always, always number one. And he learned from this, and I know he's going to change his style when he come out there, when he perform from now on. Because this right here is so devastating, and I pray and I hope, and I, and I pray for for him too. He's giving our prayers to the family. I pray for him too, because this happened on, on his watch. Mm-hmm. And like you said, now he's facing lawsuits. There's yeah. dozens of lawsuits that he is facing in regards to these nine deaths. And this is a situation, like I said, my heart goes out to those victims, their families, mm-hmm. their loved ones. Because this isn't, man, this isn't stuff that should be happening 
You're paying money to go to a concert. You shouldn't go to a concert and end up dead from going to a no. concert. No, I think I heard the youngest of us was 14, I think. Yep. I, you know. Oh, man. My God. I mean, uh, yeah, man, I, I, I throw out some prayers for those families, those victims, because it's just it just hurts your heart when you hear stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, it definitely did, man. Definitely did. All right, next question. Comes over from Aaron from Dayton, Ohio. Okay, and Jules. Dayton. Oh, yeah. And he wanted to know, why won't people forgive Michael Vick? Because they're heathens. They're <laughs> heathens. Man, I mean, come on, people. People make mistakes. He took responsibility. He did his time, and he, and he got out. Man, my God, man. Prez, you know, I wish I knew who these people were. Let me go dig in something. Let me see you wrong somebody. No, I won't come hey. digging over here. Oh, we. Oh man, friends. I mean, come on. I must be some Peter people because I look and I love dogs. I have dogs. He did his time for it, and let's move on. I, you know, he came out. He apologized. I know he did some. He had some 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 talks and 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 he did his time. Let's forgive him. He had a good career. I'm glad to see he revised himself with the Eagles. And, man, he had a good career. Now he's doing um, TV and, man, interviewing. Hey, man, let's, let's, let's move on from Michael Vick. He, he, he did his time. He's sorry. Let's, let's move on. Let's, let's forgive him. I'm pretty sure you do something wrong. You want, to somebody, you want somebody to forgive you, right? Well, I mean, in the spirit of this question, I mean, we did an episode on choosing forgiveness, right? Mm-hmm. So when Aaron asked this question, it made me ponder this because I own a dog and Jules obviously owns a dog as well. Mm -hmm. So I try to look at things from both sides of the coin. So from one side of the coin, when you look at what took place with those dogs that were involved, it was cruel. Right. And what those animals went through is probably why people have been slow to forgive him. And the audience, I want to give a trigger warning because we're going to talk about some things here in a second that may trigger you a little bit when it comes to some of the cruelty. But when I read how they were killing those dogs and executing them and throwing them in the pool of water. And they described like the scene of just like the claws of on the side of the pool lining where these dogs were trying to get out of there. Like when you hear stuff like that, it's tough to hear. And I couldn't even imagine that. And so when I think about my animal that's in the other room, I wouldn't want that type of shit to happen to her. Mm-hmm. So in one instance, I'm like, fuck, man, that's just cruel. But on the other hand, I feel what Jules is saying. The guy went to prison. He's paid every monetary fine there is. He's actually, I feel like in my mind, and I can't speak for where he's at, and none of us can, but I feel like he at least understands that what he did was wrong. He's tried to become a model citizen in the way of advocating Mm -hmm. people to be responsible when it comes to animals, and, and he's been speaking against animal cruelty. Right. So at what point do we say, okay, enough of bashing and hating this guy. And when do we say, you know what? We won't forget what you did, but we can at least learn to forgive because it's two different things. Mm -hmm. So for me, if I'm wronged, I won't forget what you did to me. But man, over time, I could forgive you because like you said, Jules, nobody's perfect out here. We dig enough into other people's past and their closets and she ain't no telling what come back. So... And I think that's the problem when we live in a society where people are quick to point fingers, uh, we're quick to act like that we're perfect, and we're not. You know, they always say, those are glass houses, right? Ooh, man. <laughs> man, you said it there, Brett. 
<laughs> and I guess I'm just going to end this, Aaron, by just making one quick point to you guys. Animal cruelty in general is a huge problem in this country, but also cruelty to children. There's all type of things that people are doing in this world that are fucking problematic. And I think that we need to take that same type of attitude towards those issues. The violence that takes place against women, the violence that happens in this world altogether, individuals that are out here drunk driving and killing people. These are things that we need to be taking focus on. In 2009, Jules, there was an NFL player, Dante Stallworth. He struck and killed a pedestrian while he was speeding. And it was later found that he was drunk. He was under the influence. He received a sentence that was a fraction of the jail time that Michael Vick got for his involvement in dogfighting. Now, I do think that Mike Vick should have served time in jail, but he served that time. He's Uh done his penance. This individual killed somebody and was out of jail in a couple months. How come no one talks about that story like they talk about Mike Vick? Oh, man. Wow, that's a good point, Perez. Man, I forgot all about that. Damn, I didn't know he served less time. Ooh, man. So it goes to show you. Hey, man. So what they tell you, uh, uh, animal's life is worth more than human's life? I, wow. That's why I brought That's why I brought that up. I wanted people to think about wow. that. We need to think about the fact that, yeah, the cruelty to animals is horrible. Cruelty to children is horrible. Oh, but yes. also, I think a human life is a human life. All life should be treasured. And, 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 and I think it should be all human life or just all life in general should be treasured. Mm-hmm. So one shouldn't prioritize another. So if Dante Starworth is going to get a slap on the wrist and nobody's dragging his name through the mud, but then we have an individual over here that was involved in something horrible and horrific, but rehabilitated himself. And he's out here trying to get a second chance. That's the thing that we talk about on this show mm-hmm. all the time is that people are deserving of second chances. I'm not saying that you got to forget what the person did. Right. Forgiveness, man. Take that burden off your heart and just stop being so angry and bitter about things that are going on in this world. And a lot of times people are bitter and angry about things that don't even fucking involve them. Man. Yeah, I feel you, Brez, because on that one, that's that it goes to because Michael Vick is doing good, do they want to keep this man down? You know what I'm saying? Like I said, he re- rehabilitated himself. So why not, why, you know, why not? Let's move on. Let's not forget, but we can move on. To me, it's just another way, just hey, just keeping this dude, just keeping him down, keep him pointing. Anytime you think of Michael B, yeah, dogfight, dogfight, dogfight. Just that's how you keep somebody down. But come on, let's move on, man. Let's move on. We had this conversation with Cos Marty on the show in season mm-hmm. two. And he said, How would you feel if you were a member for the worst thing that you've done in your life? Man. Just think yeah. about that, audience. Mm-hmm. People deserve a second chance. That's it. So the last question. Comes over from Mike from Madison, Wisconsin. And he wanted to know, is it too soon to get excited about the 2021 <laughs> Chicago Bulls? Hell no. Bulls? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to him, Jules. Man, we haven't seen this in how long, Press? Oh, man. It's, it's at least been since the D. Rose and Joe Kim Noah days. Dude, we're first in the division. What are they, about eight and three? Man, them boys are playing. They are playing. And I haven't been in the game since we went to the finals with Cleveland. I think D-Rose first year. Yep. His second year. Yep. His second yep. year. I'm sorry. Yep. yep. I, and that was the last time I've been to a damn game. So my <laughs> my my brothers, my brothers already talking about and Pops already talking about, hey, when we're gonna go to the game. So yeah, we're excited. And we need to be. We should be. You know, we got the Chicago Sky winning their championship. Let's let's feed up. Man, we we come on, Chicago. We come on. We got good basketball teams now. 
the sky and the bulls. Come on, man. We we going to playoffs, Perez. Oh shit. Now that we going to the playoffs, we're gonna make some noise in the playoffs. So, Mike, yeah, to yeah. answer your question, I'm with Jules 120%. <laughs> it is not too soon. In fact, what you've been waiting on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Shit, I feel like that girl. Remember the Everest College commercials and that girl, like, she was locked in the cage and she was like, what are you waiting on? Change your life. I did. That's kind of how I feel with you, Mike, right now. What are you waiting on? Hey, Prez, I know you guys going to, um, you, DC, and, uh, and, and, and Dub going to go. Yeah, so, you know, we, uh, we're we credentialed to cover the Bulls. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so we're covering the Windy City Bulls and the Chicago Bulls. So, yeah, we'll probably be at the United Center probably for like half the games this season because it's tough because, with us being credentialed there, we're credentialed for Big Ten, the Bears. So it's just hard to get around to all the various games. So, yeah, I'll probably say we'll probably be able to make it to about half the game. So when nice. you and the fam, when y'all end up at the game, let me know. I'll definitely make sure that I actually come by this time. I didn't do that for the Bears game because during that situation, uh, I had a couple little pops in my system. And Oh, no, that's cool. Yeah, for the Bulls game, I'll be there on official work capacity, so there will be no drinking. <laughs> will, 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 it be, will you be able to give me? Some some food and stuff for free. Well, you know, <laughs> we'll talk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, what I'm saying? black folks, ladies and gentlemen, black folks. <laughs> Always trying to get something for free, man. Always, I love it though. Cause she, that would have been me too. I'm like, hey, Jules. So, uh, <laughs> you think you could do something in that parking for me? <laughs> oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh shit. Well, hey, hey, Mike, appreciate the question, man, because I think this is the perfect segue into our Chicago sports discussion today. As Jules mentioned, we are joined by a friend of the show, King Mac from the Bad Guy Radio. Brother Mac, come on in here and talk to him, bro. What's good, man? Doing good. You know, I can't complain. I'm always on the happy side of things. You know, how, how you doing? Brother, I'm blessed by the best, my man. Shit, I got no worries over here. <laughs> well, that sounds good to me, bro. Audience, as we mentioned earlier, man, we had our brother Mac. He is back, second time on the show. Mac, you got some new things brewing over there at the Bad Guy Radio. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit about your new show that's coming up and some of your other offerings, and we're going to get into the shits. Well, I got a kind of like a political show coming up. It's going to be sponsored by the Bad Guy Radio, and it's called Off the Plantation. So it's like uh, to bring political and social consciousness to the community. You know, I kind of got tired of just seeing black folks just letting some of the stuff the left do slide and then jump on the right. So me and Mr. Whiskey will be diving into that and we'll be keeping it all the way real. You know, I'm one person who believes that both the left and right is wrong, you know, and that, you know, we kind of as a community stuck in the in the middle. So I want to address some some of those things, you know, some of those issues. I do like that, man. And I definitely would love to mix it up with you guys in the future because that's a lot of what me and Jules do on this show because we realize that, hey, there's wrong on both sides. And a lot of times our community is the ones that gets almost left out in the cold because the people that quote unquote care about us really are just using us for our vote. And a lot of times our people don't even think about that. Yeah, I kind of did like an untested poll, man. I sent out a text message to, you know, about 20 of the people I knew, you know, that was brothers. And I asked them, I say, you know, who who have you faced? You know, you personally faced most of the racism from. Has it been from, you know, left-leaning people? Has Have it been from right-leaning people? And about 80% of the people said it was from, you know, left-leaning people, which actually kind of, you know, shocked me 
But I knew growing up in the North, or I should say Chicago, that, I mean, most of the politicians that run Chicago is, you know, Democrats, you know, or left-leaning or liberal, however you want to call it. And that is where we get most of the pushback from in the community. So I think in order for things to change, if we really want things to change, that we have to call out uh, BS no matter where it comes from. That's right. Because at the end of the day, man, if we want to rise up, as as they say, and make things happen and make things move, we need to call it as we see it. And we can't just be programmed. Because I think that's what it is, man. When I was coming up, and Jules and I talk about this a lot, it was programming, man. Like people in my family, they were like, hey, this is the way that we vote. This is the way that we lean. These are the people that support us. But at the same time, no one taught about educating yourself, learning about the different laws that were going to place and also just understanding what these people are all about. Because sometimes just because this person's on the Democratic ticket don't mean that they hold your best interests at heart. So I think that's very important for a lot of people to realize. Yeah, you're right. It is program. I mean, when I was growing up, you know, my great-grandmother or my grandmother or my grandfather, they would, you know, say, hey, vote for the Democrats, you know, just straight down the line. <laughs> it wasn't even, you go in there and you just, you know, how you used to be able to punch, you know, just straight da- up and down for the Democratic ticket. And and that's what it was. And I know a lot of it came from, especially in city politics, if a brother or a sister wanted to get a good job, they could go work for their, you know, local alderman or whatever, work for the mayor get you a city job, kind of get you a union job or whatever for putting in the leg work. So a lot of it came from that if we wanted to have kind of, you know, a good job or whatever. But to me, just looking at like Democrats and the cities they run, I mean, they're some of the most highly segregated cities. If you look at some of the laws they brought to us, like stop and frisk, if you look at the role they played in the drug war, if you look at how they uh, portrayed us in the media, et cetera, and you have to ask yourself, I mean, are these people really friends? And it's a difference between being a friend and being friendly. You know, mm. I think we have to understand that difference. That's a major difference. Woo, Mac, well, you coming over here already dropping truth bombs. I love it, man. We were supposed to be talking about sports, but this man that got me wanting to go down this path with him. So I'm going to have to just say it. What you just said there, Mac, I think about the city of Chicago. You look at where how this city is run and who was run by and it's one of the most segregated cities in the damn U.S. And I love Chicago for the record audience, but I will tell you this. I've experienced some of the worst racism here in my very own hometown. But there's been other places where I'll go travel for work, for sporting events, and so forth. I'm treated much better, open arms, the whole nine. And so Chicago has an ugly history of segregation. You got to think about the early days of redlining that we talk about on this show all the time. And so when Max said that, it just triggered something to me, and I just had to touch on that because Chicago, man, it's one of the cities I just wish that we were better. It's so divided. Even now, you can feel it. When you go places, it's just weird. It's just the weird energy right now in this city. Yeah, I mean, Chicago historically was a city of neighborhoods, basically. And if you look at those neighborhoods, most of the neighborhoods was all segregated. I mean, even to this day, you know, I mean, some things are starting to change as far as, like, Bronzeville, and that's mostly because it's close to the downtown area, close to the South Loop. So, you know, the property value down there is going up and up. So, of course, they want to move into that area. But before, they didn't even want to touch that area. And that was a historical Black area. It used to be compared to, like, Harlem and uh, New York and some of the other great Black communities. And here we are. We're losing that community. 
And like I said, we we st- we have to start asking ourselves: Are you are you a John Brown ally, or are you just somebody who is friendly? You know, it's a difference. Are you willing to pick up your your weapon and go to war, or are you just one of these persons who like to use hashtag Black Lives Matter because that's an easy way for you to show you so-called with the community, even though you're not, because you're not spending no money in the community, you're not spending no time in the community, you're not help building the community up, you only come in the community when it's uh, politically feasible, as far as if the police do something to one of the members of the community, but when it's time to march for something else, we don't see, you know, so we have to start being uh, honest about these uh, situations, you know, that we're dealing with. No, yeah, we definitely got to be honest. I think a lot of times, too, man, we we lie to ourselves about who's really a friend, right? Because you mentioned some of what we saw in 2020. You know, there's a lot of companies that were out there. They would throw a hashtag Black Lives Matter on damn near everything, right? But they were using that shit to prop themselves up off of our pain and off of our oppression. How many of those people are actually in the lane with us? Because right now, 2021 comes up. Where are those same companies that was talking all that Black Lives Matter shit? Because talk is cheap. The proof of the pudding is if the fact that you have true diversity within your organizations. And most of the time, these Fortune 100, Fortune 500 companies, they lack that. And so talk is cheap. Yeah, and I think that's another thing. I mean, we like to talk about diversity because as a community, we're loving, we're forgiving. We believe in fairness because we was treated unfair. So we always looking for, you know, diversity. But at some point, we have to ask ourselves, what has diversity gotten us? It's like what Malcolm X said, the illusion of inclusion. So I, I love baseball. So I use baseball as, a, as an example. We used to have franchises in the Negro League that was run by Blacks. Then so-called baseball was integrated. And now we went from being owners to employees. So at some point, we had to ask ourselves, are we so caught up in integration that we lose out on ownership, owning our own, being able to police, control the politics and commerce in our own community? I mean, we have to at some point wake up and deal with these tough questions, you know, and we always getting involved in other people's political fights that has absolutely nothing to do with us that we're not going to gain anything from. I'm sorry people lost their lives in Kenosha, Wisconsin. We're focused on on a fight up there that really has nothing to do with us. And we got stuff going on, for example, in Chicago and Inglewood and Chatham, et cetera, that we need to be dealing with. Yeah, and and that's an important point because, Jules, you know this, man, from a lot of the things that we talk about. We talk about the conditions that are going on in our very own communities and the fact that a lot of times our own people don't stand up and rise up and do anything. We talk about the youth out here. A lot of them are lost. All three of us come from the inner city. And I will say this. There's not a lot of people like us that have come from the inner city that have made made a way for ourselves. A lot of times these people forget about those kids that are coming up behind them and they don't do anything because they're taking up causes that don't really matter. When our communities are on fire right now. That's the bigger question. Why is it hard for us in in the inner city to deal with the the struggles that's going on in the inner city, but we're so quick to jump on? other people's uh, struggles in different parts of the of the other country. It's mind-boggling because it's like, we got the biggest and greatest need 
And we need the biggest and greatest support what's going on, to, especially today. So why not everybody get on hands on deck and just come together and say, hey, let's get an agenda in place so we can actually make some moves and, and go move this thing in the right direction. I believe we everybody's equipped to do this. You know, you get business, you get uh, people that's in business, minorities in business. You get people in, in positions in power in, in schools, businesses, police, government. So why is these why is these conditions in these communities are terrible and lacking? Well, because we don't control the commerce, the politics, and the communities. We so, don't. So we get the we get the we get the people in place. The people that's in these places now is not controlling that. I mean, the people the people that's controlling the community is not a part of the community. You know, you mm, have yeah. you have mm-hmm. a lot of tokenism, right? Right. Mm, so right. They elevate right. they elevate a person as this the voice of the community, but they're not talking about anything that has to do with, with the, the community. community. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and, and Jules, right, <laughs> man, yes, man, that's the stuff that we be talking about on this show right. all the time, man. It, it, it's funny because don't prop somebody up and tell them that that person represents my views, my thoughts, and anything because that person don't represent me. I represent me. And so you have somebody to stand in front of the TV cameras, they getting all the shine, but yet these people in this community are still hungry. But you're the one that's making money. That's a damn shame. That's a damn shame because people are voting for you to make a change and make a difference. And you're doing the same same damn thing that if you had somebody that's not a, a, a not a black face or <laughs> in that position. So you no good either. You guys got a little small glimpse because Mac got me fired up because we weren't even gonna get into that. But you know what? Hey. Mac, I can't wait to hear what you and uh, Whiskey whip up on that show, man. And, and me and Jules would love to be a part of that at whatever point you guys get up and running. So, man, definitely uh, love to hear that you guys going to be coming through with some commentary like that that matters because we need that as a culture. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely going to be sending out invites. I mean, that's what I've been trying to do with the Bad Guy Radio, period, in general. You know, as far as when I first started, I went to all the brothers like, hey, you know, this is something we can do. We can support each other. We can have solidarity. We can unite. Uh, and if we do that, we'll become even bigger than what we think we we can become by doing something else, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, hopefully one day a lot of people see that viewpoint because what you have to understand, and I use the LeBron James as an example, and I'm not anti-vax or any of that before anybody come at me. But uh, when he said, that he wasn't going to criticize his brothers, whether they get vaxxed or not. He's not going to tell them to go get it because that's their personal decision. Now, here it is. The left was crazy for LeBron James. Mm -hmm. You know, he went after Trump. He did this. He did that. They couldn't stop sending praises his way. But then he did that one thing that they didn't like. Well, he just said, I'm not going to criticize my brothers and it's a personal decision. And then guess what they do? They let a match to him. Mm-hmm. They tried to of set course. the man on fire. And of that's course. what we have to realize. But that's their playbook, Mac. Yeah, yeah. that's their playbook. Yeah. We can't be a token to these people, period. Because when you step out of line, they're going to cast you aside just like they've done everybody else in the past. And we have to realize that and come to that realization. No, that's, that's definitely facts right there. Let's just jump right into the show, man. That was a really great start. Uh, one of the things that I was curious, and this is something Jules and I talked about last week. We kind of we talked about it off air, but 
this whole situation with Scotty Pippen, you know, so you talked about token, and I'm going to use it in a sense where Scotty feels like he was being used as some <laughs> sort of a token, right, during those <laughs> dynasty times. So, fellas, let's just talk about it, man. Now, Scotty. Scotty seems like he's very bitter. He's very upset. But I want to get you guys' thoughts on it because the more I look at it, I'm kind of wondering, man, does Scotty have a fair point with any of his gripes? Because he has said a lot of shit. I mean, I'm an MJ guy. You know, I, I can't lie to you, man. He, you know, six rings. He's the goat, the greatest of all time. I don't care what nobody says. And yeah, Scotty's saying better than me. And I just like to tell Scotty, MJ ain't do it, man. It wasn't right, him. Right. It wasn't him. You know, you got to talk the future about that. You know what I mean? It, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't MJ. He didn't do it. You know, the man helped you. Uh, get six rings, because let's be honest, Scotty, I mean, you know, without MJ, you wouldn't have got a ring. And the proof is in the pudding, because when you had a chance to get a ring when MJ retired, you, you couldn't bring it home. You know, as a, as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. you got bitter doing that playoff series, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think you need to let it go. Let the, let the, let the hurt out your heart go, bro. And, and, and just let, leave MJ alone, because that's the battle you're not going to win. I'm just going to be honest. Hey, man, you know, <laughs> when all this stuff came out, I was like, damn, Pip. Um, it hurts my heart because you we all grew up in that in that Bulls era, man. You talking about some beautiful basketball, some beautiful times in basketball. And with Mike and Scotty, what they did for that organization, well, Mike and then Scotty came on a couple years later, what they did for that organization, man, my God. Like President, we talk about it all the time. That was some excellent as that was some excellent as times. It hurts my heart to hear this from Pip because it's like, bro, what's what's really going on? We see you in the um in the documentaries and in and in, in, in the footage and the tapes. You didn't seem bitter at the time. I mean, maybe you put up a front just to play the game, but look, the contract you signed, everybody told you not to sign it, but you signed it because you had obligations. You did what you had to do as a man. Now don't come back 30 years later, like, man, they did me wrong. And I don't feel Scotty was an underappreciated uh, player. Because let's be honest, Mike said plenty of times, without Scotty, he wouldn't have got them championships. He acknowledged, he acknowledged Scotty. Yep. Now I'm I'm a little lost. I'm a little lost with his with his beef about, really. So this is my thing. So there's a lot of people that'll say, oh man, Scotty doing this to sell bourbon. He's doing this to sell the book. But I want to tell these people, if you really think about Scotty Pippen over the years, Scotty Pippen ain't never had no excuse to say some outlandish shit. Cause he has said a lot of shit before he was selling this book in his right. book. So sometimes, man, Scotty, I just don't know, man. He It depends on what side of the bed he wake up. And I don't want to really get too much into somebody's personal life. Mm-hmm. Scotty did lose his son. Right. So I just wonder, man, is Scotty just dealing and battling some stuff right now? He's just angry and he's upset. I don't know. But whatever it is, I feel like he is definitely bordering on affecting his legacy here in Chicago. Because Bulls fans are looking at him sideways. Because to Max's point, oh, man. you ain't winning that battle going up against Michael Jordan's legacy, bro. Mm-mm. No, yeah. Mike is Mike and Scotty is Scotty. Dude, you won six rings, six championships. You're a top 50 uh, all-time player. You've been all-defensive team eight, seven, seven, eight years in a row. You want your M- MVP, all-star MVP. Dude, you get accolades for days, brother. What, what's the what's the beef about? Dude, you the man to me. I don't get it. I mean, even in the uh, last dance, MJ showed him respect. He, he, right. you know, he even said when they put Scotty on... Uh, Magic, you know, doing that series, right. it, it helped out. So I don't know why he, uh, well, I think I do know why he angry, but hey, 
<laughs> I don't get it, man. I think we all know. <laughs> <laughs> We're with you, man. <laughs> you know, I got to keep it a hundred, man. I ain't, I ain't, ain't no flies. I'm, I'm going to be all the way real. Like I said, MJ ain't do it, Scotty. He did. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. right. <laughs> Taught the future. But anyway, um, yeah. so you talked about the fact of when Scotty had the chance to do it on his own, he didn't get the job done. Some people will tell you, well, Hugh Hollins had a little bit to do with that. But do you guys remember during that season when Scotty was wearing the Jordans, he lifted up his foot and he was mm-hmm. basically like telling Mike to come back? Mm-hmm. Yep. So what's up with that? Like, on one, on one hand, it seemed like you wanted to be that guy, but then you probably realized in your heart of hearts that you ain't built like that and you need that man to come back. Yeah. I mean, if, if you felt that way about MJ, why did you want him to come back? I mean, you... You had a chance, like I said, you had a chance to show everybody that MJ in your eyes was overrated, but you didn't mm-hmm. do that. It didn't happen. No, no rings. The proof is in the pudding. Even when you left the Bulls, no rings. Right. Uh, so I don't get it. You know, I, like I said, I think Scotty need to realize this, this is not a this is not a good battle. This is not a good fight to pick. You messing with a giant, man. You know, so. Yeah, his arms are too short, man. Yeah. <laughs> talk that talk, Jules. His arms too, his arms too short for that. Because, uh, listen, I was watching the documentary, matter of fact, a couple days ago, uh, my wife and I was sitting in the couch and she never saw it and I turned it on and she was like, oh my God, you watching this again? I said, because it, man, it brings it bring back the memories, man. It just make you feel good. And I'm listening to Scotty and I'm like, Mike was a beast. He was that leader. He was that missing piece. I think Bill Winston said it the best. He said, Mike made everybody better. He was an asshole. He was all this. But you know what? He was a winner, and he made everybody else on the team a winner. So I, Scotty's beef, Scotty need to, like you said, Mike, you need to get off this, sell your books. You're going to make plenty of money. Dude, you, you're Scotty Pippen, man. You're one of the greatest players that's out there. Man, just, just, be, just be all right with that. Just be cool with that. Yeah, I mean, most people that seek greatness is considered right. assholes because they're not out there doing everything that everybody else doing or whatever their career is, they're driven. You know, so a lot of people who not driven or, you know, not really caring about being great, they look at those people as being assholes. I mean, to me, MJ wasn't an asshole. He did what it took <laughs> to win. He right. said, hey, either play right or I'm going to curse you up. Hey, right. mm-hmm. I need you to hit this shot, Steve Kerr, or you might get smacked. <laughs> <It's just empty>. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, no pressure, huh? No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and his ass still got popped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come on now, we from we from the inner city. You know how it goes. Yes, sir. Yes, it's sir. Packing order, you know. Yes, sir. <laughs> when you when you first stepped on the playground, you learn real fast who top dog is. That's right. Yeah. That's right. He dropped them too, so hey, <laughs> <laughs> it worked. Yeah. It worked. He the proof is in the pudding, as they say. Man. Before we move on to talking about the Bulls' red hot start, I just wanted to touch on one thing that you guys talked about when it came to the Pip situation. So during the last dance, when they sat down, he had a chance to talk about his bad back. He didn't really go into depth about that. Mm-hmm. But then when he had the nerve in this last week to sit here and say, well, that flu game was a little overplayed. If he felt that way, how come he didn't talk up his bad back a little bit more during the last dance? That's why I'm saying a lot of this stuff to me when I'm hearing it. This man, he's just coming from anywhere and everywhere. I don't even think he even know what the fuck he's upset about. 
Yeah, man, he sounding like that Dave Chappelle skit, man. <laughs> hate, 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 hate. I mean, how, how, how could uh, the flu game be overrated, man? I don't understand mm. that. I mean, oh. I don't get it either. I mean, let's be honest. MJ carried the buzz. I mean, Pip, I don't even know. What's your average for your career? 16, yeah. something like that? I'm, yeah, something like that. Don't get me wrong. You was a great player. I'm, I'm going to give you your due respect. All right, top 75. Yeah, he, he's uh-huh. that deal. He's That's that deal. Numero uno. Period. True. You know, I always like to say, and I don't like to talk blasphemous, but in the beginning, it was MJ. There we go. I hear Uh-oh, you. Yeah. I hear you. <laughs> and MJ was basketball. Okay, <laughs> so you got to understand this, you know. <laughs> Stop it, man. Oh man, listen. There's all we when we think about the NBA, especially here in Chicago. There's only one silhouette we gonna think about. Mm. It's that air symbol. That's all that matters here. And I got that shit tattooed on my arm, so I ain't yeah, got no pippin right. tattoo over here. <laughs> we'll be a symbol anyway. Sidekick, <laughs> Robin. <laughs> 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 oh man, who you fool? They still buying Jordans. They not still buying Pippins. I tell you. <laughs> Did y'all ever own a pair of Scotty Pippin shoes? I never. I never. Me, me, no. me either. No. 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 It was always George for me, and then I had a pair of those Barclays back in the day because those things were hard too. But other yeah, than that, Barclays. it's always been Jordans. Barclays was hard. Yeah. I so, agree. All right, fellas. Well, let, man, let's get into this Chicago Bulls red hot start. So obviously, last night. We went against that best team in the whole entire league. Steph Curry is a bad man. How do you defend mm. that? How do you defend that? But anyway, you can't defend that. Mm. When he gets out of that damn car, you got to be defending him. Lonzo Ball had to meet him in the parking lot. That's the only way to stop that. So yeah. Steph went off last night. But I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on this season as a whole so far before we get into talking about that Warriors game. Because right now, this Bulls team, they are exceeding even my expectations. Because I was like, hey, we're going to be a top four seed this season. But, bro, they're at the top of the Eastern Conference right now, up there with the Wizards and, what was it, with the Nets? So, man, just, just talk to them, man. What you guys thinking about this squad right now? I'm loving it, man. I, I like, you know, what ball brings to the table as far as, you know, he's a pass-first guy, kind of like a true point guard. You rarely see those in the league uh, these days. Uh, only thing I'm worried about as far as with the Bulls is just the rebounding. You know, it's seen mm-hmm. this season when we did get into trouble. It was kind of with the rebound. And against Golden State, they really just couldn't hit a shot, man. I mean, everybody was cold. Uh, uh, DeMar, Ball, uh, you know, and then that gives uh, my man Zach a chance to get back into his one-on-one thing concept. And that don't we work see- too well, you know. No, we've we, we, we seen that movie before. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what make the Bulls good is their ball movement. I mean, they move the ball pretty well. You know, everybody uh, is always moving on the court. Uh, they seem to have no problem hitting the open guy. And then we got the mid-range uh, genius and Rosen. I mean, he kind of, you know, keep us from going through long uh, droughts, you know, or having the other team go to, to a long run because he can come down and hit a 15-footer, it seems like, at will, except for yesterday. But I'm really excited about this team. I mean, this is the first time we got to see real basketball since, what, the D-Rose era. <laughs> oh, <laughs> dude, we were just know. talking about that, yo. Yep. I, and I got something to say, because he brought up DeMar DeRozan. Y'all remember they said he was going to be the worst uh, offseason acquisition or move by a team in the offseason. So whatever writer wrote that, 
audience, any chance you get, at that person, get in their DMs. Every time DeMar DeRozan puts up 30 balls on people, remind him of those words. Because DeMar DeRozan sure saw that bullshit that that guy wrote. How are you going to say that that was the worst offseason acquisition? The worst? <laughs> yeah. In this NBA? Yeah. Were they throwing yeah, money I... out the way that they throw out money? <laughs> they gave people $100 million like it's going out of style. Oh, <laughs> Anybody get $100 million right now, they're giving it away. It's like Oprah, man, back in the day, giving out them goddamn cars. That's oh, how these man. damn GMs are with these damn contracts. Uh, I like DeMar, though, man. I can't lie. It's, it's like a throwback to 90s basketball. Yeah. You know, and uh, I think in today's game, he's undervalued, and that's probably why they thought that, because right now, you can have a two-on-one on a fast break, and somebody going to pull up and shoot a three. So I, I can see why, you know, they had some slander for DeMar, but to me... He's just going to uh, help open up things for the Bulls a lot just, just by his mid-range game. We don't need somebody who can shoot a three. You got Ball. You got Levine. You got uh, my man coming off the bench. Um, Caruso. Yeah, Caruso. Caruso. Yeah. So we got enough three-point shooters. It's nice to have that guy that can, you know, slice and dice, you know, and from 15 feet, 17 feet. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's that, uh, that mid-range jumper there. You can't. But that mid-range jumper, man, that's always sweet and golden. As far as my take on the Bulls, like you said, Mac, we haven't seen this since uh, D-Rose era. And I was telling Prez on the show, man, I haven't been to a game since since that playoff game against uh, uh, Cleveland. Mm. So with the Bulls, what they're doing right now is like, man, you bringing that basketball back into Chicago. Like, oh, yeah, this is a basketball town. We're going to come out there and support. You know, we, we're rolling good with the Chicago Sky winning their title. Mm. And with the with the Bulls, with the hot streak they're going right now, I was telling Perez, we going to the playoffs and we can, we should be looking pretty good. I, so, I just wish that I just wish that man, my man Pat Williams was uh wasn't hurt because I because they you know the Bulls drafted him for that defensive press uh, presence, you know, kind of guard them them key figures. We definitely missing them right now. That's yeah. that's a good call out because Mac brought up the rebounding, which is one of the mm-hmm. things that I'm kind of worried about right now, especially with Vooch out. In addition to now Pat Williams being out. But one thing I would say, though, is Lonzo Ball is a really good rebounder for a guard. And so what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to do more of that team rebounding. They're going to have to box out and let these guards get in there and get these boards. Caruso's a really good rebounder as well for mm. a guard. So, good defender, too, Caruso. Oh, hell yeah, he is. Hell yeah, man. he is. Well, my man say he was playing that uh I got to give Green a shout out on this. Zay was playing that ghetto defense <laughs> <laughs> on Steph yesterday, even though it didn't work, though. <laughs> yeah, but but I hear your boy Green eyes. What'd he say? He said uh, Zach Levine is uh, better than D Rose, though, huh? Yeah, you know, well, he's a, he, he likes to dib and dab into the green leaf. So, <laughs> so mm. <laughs> he said he wasn't, hey, he wasn't coherent when he said he wasn't. He, Man, wasn't. He, was, he, was, he, was, he was touching the clouds when he said that. Yeah, you know, he, 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 uh, with Barry J. So he might, not, he might not have been, you know, in, in his right state of mind, man. I don't see how you can say that, man. D Rose, his rookie year, took Boston to game seven, man. And if you look at who D Rose was playing with on the offensive end, I mean, you had Carlos Boozy, he was soft as hell. You know, he had the, <laughs> no. the finger roll, used to get blocked all the time. Then he had Bogans, a two guard who averaged like three, <laughs> three points a game that season. I mean, come on, man. Look, look at what the man was playing with and look where he took the Bulls. The man was carrying the whole city, literally. 
yeah. on his shoulders, man. You can't compare Levine to D Rose. It's hard to compare anybody to D Rose in his prime because he was probably a top five player at least. Dude, you know? during during that time, the everybody was saying that, hey, who's the best point guard? Is it D Rose or CP3? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's where mm-hmm. we were at back then, right? And that was that early trajectory of uh, Derrick Rose's career. So, man, no, I'm not. I wasn't rocking with that comments, but. Now that I hear that, you know, my man was flying high, it's all good, you know. Yeah. Yeah, all yeah, I, so, I got to give him a pass. Yeah, he he, he get a pass. I, I would like to talk to him when um, <laughs> he's a little bit more level-headed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, you know, when okay. you know, come hey. down a little bit. <laughs> okay, there you go. I see what you're saying now. <laughs> yeah, so, that's my boy, though. No, yeah, I know. I'm just, you know, I like to have this, like, the poker people a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what we do. So, with the game last night, though, I'm curious to get your thoughts, Mac, because, and I kind of brought it up earlier, how do you stop a guy like Steph Curry? Because even with Lonzo Ball in his mug, every chance he get, he was in that guy's hip pocket, and Steph was still getting that thing off and knocking that thing down, hitting nine threes. How do you even attempt to stop something like that? Mm. Because, in my opinion, Steph's going to probably win another MVP if he keeps playing like he's playing right now. I think you got to be physical with him. Mm-hmm. You know, honestly, you got to see... You know, can he handle that? You know, I mean, I know it's not 90s NBA where you really can get into guys like you could in the 90s, but you still kind of got to do like what Caruso was doing, bump him a little bit, get physical with him. And if he knocked down the shot, he knocked down the shot. You just can't let the other guys on that team beat you. You got to say, hey, if Steph can get 50, we salute you. But the other guys can't be getting 25 and 20. You know, you got you to gotta hold them down. So... That's that's what I would do. That's the way I would look at it. It's kind of like what uh, Pop was doing to uh, LeBron James in the early days when he was with Cleveland. You know, you you can let him get his, but you can't let the other guys get theirs. And that, that's the way I look at it. No, I agree with you, Mac. I would say the best thing how we used to how we used to hoop back on the, on the playgrounds, man. Somebody getting off like that, you gotta get him off his square, quick. You know, I like I said, I know it's the <laughs> it's the NBA. You know, you really can't play that physical on people, but you can get away a couple things, a little hand check here and there. But yeah, you got to make that man uncomfortable. You got to make almost some force up them shots. But Steph Curry is just a, just a gifted shooter. He's just yeah. a gifted shooter. The, the best thing you do is just do your best and pray that it don't go in. That's it. <laughs> That's yeah. it. But, I mean, you flaming up from anywhere. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Never seen anything like that, man. And quick too. I mean, he and, got one of the quickest releases. So it's yeah. not like, you can really get a chance to affect it or block it or anything like that, you know? So I think the best way is to be physical with him. Uh-huh. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, that's the best plan to me. Clay Thompson ain't even back yet. Wiseman ain't even back yet. Ooh. And this team has only lost one game. <laughs> NBA? Ooh. NBA, y'all motherfuckers better be afraid. Because <laughs> this shit here, <laughs> my lord. <laughs> my lord. They dangerous. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I, I was looking at Wiggins last night. I'm like, man. He, he never played like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm grabbing his own rebound, putting it back, <laughs> grabbing his own rebound again. I'm like, where this come from? I'm like, who, what got to him besides that vaccine? What got to him? <laughs> <laughs> that vaccine? <laughs> <laughs> Shit, y'all the people out here that are so vaccinated. I better get that. Look at, look, at, look, at, look at Wiggins doing out there. He never played like that. <laughs> he turned it to the Hulk. <laughs> Johnson and Johnson. Yeah, that's going to be a scary team, though, man. Yeah, for sure. And L.A. seemed like uh, 
They, I know LeBron been out, but it seemed like it's a lot of pieces that don't fit together over there, you know. And then can you imagine when Westbrook and LeBron, it's going to be ISO heaven over there, really. I mean, just yep. ISO after ISO, really. Uh-huh. And don't let, don't let AD start to get his ISO back. I'm mm. telling you. Yeah. And, and ain't nobody, I don't think, I'm trying to think, out of those three, they're not great three-point shooters. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know... You can leave them open on the outside a little bit, and you ain't got to worry about them killing you too much. So that's a team that's kind of, I don't know, man. I I don't see, they got star power, but I don't see it fitting together. No, no. But I I said that this offseason, Jules, I said, man, that shit there, the way they built that team, that ain't going to work. Also, I've been telling people, 88, he wasn't the right number two for LeBron because 80 can't stay healthy. And I love 80, Mm -hmm. but he can't stay healthy. And LeBron's an aging player. You see LeBron been out for, what, three or four games already. LeBron's yeah. at that age where he needs somebody that's dependable where he can maybe coast through these seasons into the playoffs where it really matters for a team like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you need an unselfish guy with LeBron. And you brought in a selfish guy with right. Westbrook. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then with AD, it don't seem like the Lakers really want to use his strength as far as being down low and stuff like that because the way the league is, everybody trying to hit the outside shot or the three-point shot. So it's like you you going away from your your strengths, mm-hmm. you know, that you had. And then when Westbrook get in his gun mode, it's over. Ain't, ain't no stopping that. I don't, I don't think LeBron got the voice to will him no. in. I don't think AD got the voice to will him in. He, he going to do what he want to do on that court. So they got some problems over there. Ain't nobody got that voice. Man. That man, he gonna do him. <laughs> That's why one of the greatest scores in the league last and went to another team. So they tell you something, you know. They definitely tell you something. Yeah. Well, before we get out of here today, I would be remiss if we didn't touch on these Chicago Bears. Now, you guys know that I have another pod, the Bears Centrals, that I do with my boy A Dub. So we A-Dub. got it to a Yes, sir. Well, we we get into a, we get into a lot of the nuts and bolts of the Chicago Bears, but just on this conversation, I want to get you guys just quick thoughts on the season so far after nine games because it's been a lot of shit that we can unpack. Well, I'm only really concerned with the uh, development of Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all I really care about this season. I and, mean, and safety, and safety, and say I agree with that. I agree with that. Yes, sir. Right. Yes, sir. But, <laughs> I didn't expect the Bears to win too many games this year, honestly. As a Bears fan, you have hope. It's kind of like being a Cubs fan, even though I don't know I haven't experienced that, but I know they have a lot of hope, you know, pie-in-the-sky thoughts. So <laughs> I I, didn't, I I was like, maybe they could win just off hope, but deep down I knew they didn't have the personnel. The defense is kind of getting older. Uh, really don't have a great secondary uh, I know people love Roquan, you know, but I be jumping on Roquan because he do be having a lot of empty calories on the tackle. I, okay, I, now, Mac, I got to say something because I be Uh-oh. seeing you saying that. I be Uh-oh. seeing you saying that. Sometimes it is empty calories, but, bro, you got to look at it, man. On that defense, he's the only one that plays with any sort of physicality outside of, like, a Hakeem Hicks. But I get it. You know, sometimes you know, everybody talks about he had 12, 15 tackles. Sometimes a lot of them are cleaned up. I get you, but. At all them tackles he had, he had three tackles. So long. some of that scheme though, because they should be blitzing him more. I I I will agree with. I give you that. But as a Bears fan, the middle linebacker position and the running back position are the golden 
position. Oh, yes, the Golden Standard. Yes, sir. Exactly. That's that's our trademark as Bears fans. We know okay. middle linebacker. We know it. And we're not seeing Erlacher. We're not seeing Mike Singletary. Mm. We're not seeing Big Buckets and Roquan. And don't get me wrong. He's smaller than those guys. He's the smallest linebacker. But still, he's a middle linebacker for the Chicago Bears. So I expect more. And until last game against the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers, we yeah. was getting a lot of empty calories, you know. So I just got to be honest. I got to keep it real, you know what I mean? I understand he can have 150 tackles. <laughs> and those 150 tackles, how many of those are, you know, impact tackles, you know? Okay. And he, not, he can't cover, like, at least Erlacher could cover a tight end or running back. Erlacher was a freak. Roquan can't do that. You know what I mean? Mike Singletary was taking your head off. Very smart football player. Roquan, I don't know. Dick Buckets, we not even going to go there. So, oh, man. No, no, no need. No need. You know, no sin, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's my point. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a solid player. You know, I think he's, he's a solid player. I just don't think. You know, he just don't remind me of those guys. And as a Bears fan, I'm spoiled when it comes to the middle linebacker uh, position. So, okay. So I got to ask you this, Max, since you since you brought it up. So <laughs> Roquan Smith is going to be up for an extension in the near future. Probably going to pay him upwards of twenty million dollars. <laughs> Are you doing that if you the GM? I think you got to pay him because the Bears are already short on defense now. I mean, they then at the cornerback position. The safety's not looking great. I don't know what happened to my man. Uh, oh, don't get me started on Bojack. Don't get yeah, me started. I don't know what happened to Jackson. I mean... Uh, Tito out there, no. Yeah, he's on the back <laughs> of a milk cart. We just had a search party. We looking for you. You know, uh, we got a bounty out there hoping you come back home. Man, Both come back home, for real. But like I said, to me, it's Justin Fields, Justin Fields, Justin Fields. I'm enjoying watching the young man develop. He's got a cannon for arm. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. He got the mobility. Uh, he don't need to look statuesque in the pocket. It's a brand new league now. Where you, you know this ain't Joe Montana right. era. You right. know, mm -hmm. and and it's a lot of things that he can do to help a team win. And I think the guy is smart as hell. And I think he's mentally tough. And I think we got us a good one. And I think you know the haters will be quiet real soon. There's not even a good roster around. Our number one wide receiver haven't even looked like a number one. And, and then we got Darnell Mooney, who's still developing. And we right. got Cole Commit, who kind of still developing. So imagine mm -hmm. when you get some true pieces around this young man, you get some people in the trenches who can protect him. Right. Imagine what he can do then. So, oh, man. Because that's, that's, that, that's the big thing there is that offensive line. This offensive line that we have out there, is not the offensive line that they envisioned coming into this season. And even with that offensive line that they envisioned, that shit still had holes in it. So mm -hmm. right now, the main priority that both of you guys mentioned is the safety and development of Justin Fields. But this offseason is going to be huge with them to get some people in here, especially in that interior line. They keep yeah. pressure out of his face. He needs to be able to step up into that pocket. And you guys know right. in that Pittsburgh game, when he actually had time to step up in the pocket, he was picking the Steelers apart. Yeah, he was dusting. No doubt mm -hmm. about it. So we see what well they should been saying what what they need to be need to work on. Now they're gonna work on because what he did with this Pittsburgh, my God, 
you you seen Justin and he was he was playing like his life was dependent on him, that game. He was just rolling left and right and throwing on the flies. Man, that's his game. Man, build some build some plays around that and let that man do his do his thing. That what you saw right there, that's him. And that's his game. So build around that. Give him some, give him some um help, some protection, give him some pieces so he can, you know, so he can do his thing. Damn. I mean, I ain't no GM or nothing, but shit. <laughs> He got the it factor. I mean, he right. fourth quarter, you know, I think even uh, Nagy said something about it. That, you know, <laughs> he looked over there and Justin Fields and Justin Fields was like, let's go. Right. And the thing is, the NFL need to check themselves with what they allowing going on with the brothers at QB. Because they oh. allowing these brothers to mm. get mad. Oh, oh man. man. But you know what that is, Mac? Hold on now. Hold on now. Because Mac, boy, you. Yeah, right. <laughs> you percolating. So... <laughs> It's because the brothers are these running quarterbacks and it's different rules. Look at the way Mike Vick, Donovan McNabb, all those type of guys, Vince Young, we're seeing it with Lamar Jackson, now with Justin Fields. They call the games differently for these quarterbacks. And they'll try to say, oh, well, because these guys are still running. But let that be one of those pocket passes like Brady and Rodgers and whoever else. You can't even touch them dudes without getting a damn uh, rough in the passer call. Call that shit both ways. Right. Yeah, I don't like it, man. Uh, you know, they try to use that excuse to the physicality of the black quarterback, I guess you can say, but that don't make no damn sense. The man got mm-hmm. hit in the helmet, throw the flag. Aaron Rodgers get right, hit right. in the helmet, you throw the flag. Mm-hmm. Fifth get hit in the helmet, throw the damn flag, man. You know, stop using all these excuses to not get the brothers their fair shake. And, you know, mm-hmm. people can get mad all they want. It used to be during the draft, you heard about the Wonder League test. Then came along mm-hmm. Justin Fields. You didn't hear about the Wonder League test then because he was the number one guy ever to do the Wonder League test. So then that wasn't a big deal. I mean, you got to start giving these brothers a fair shake. It's the same thing I argue with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson don't need to be Joe Montana. No. Not his right, game. Right. right. No, he just need to be Lamar Jackson. He, exactly. And appreciate him. For being that, he's people act like just because they haven't won in the playoffs is all his fault. It's not right. all his fault. Look at that offense. Look at that offense. Yeah. Right. I mean, he got a wide receiver who got bricks for hands. Are you want him hey, to man. do? Hey man, you ain't catching up with no bricks. But. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he doing everything for that offense over there. If you really oh, look at it, Lamar yeah. Jackson is probably offensively responsible for more at the QB position than anybody with the production of his team. He got no wide receiver help. When he do drop dimes to him, they drop the ball. Mm -hmm. He threw three touchdown passes in one game. I forget who who it was against. All of them dropped. Yep. You know, so come on, man. And and with Justin Fields, it's the same thing. Stop comparing. And I just want to say this to Bears fans. Stop comparing that brother to Trubisky. Please. They are not the same player. Stop it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I might get in trouble for this, but I don't care. One is actually smart. Oh. Football IQ. And one does not. Let's just be real. And I think I know who he's talking about. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He's smart. Oh, yeah. That's how football IQ. And one didn't. One used to sack himself. Actually run out of bounds and sack himself. Yep. I would now, like to repeat that. Stop. No, so I want to touch on something real quick that you said about Justin Fields because they did use that Wonderlick test 
against the the African-American quarterback. And a lot of times just the African-American player in the draft. They couldn't do that with Justin. But you know what they did try to do? They did try to tell you that the guy couldn't read defenses, mm-hmm. that he couldn't make adjustments, that he was slow to process information. They tried to still find ways to pick apart of him. This guy, to me, entering the draft was the second best quarterback in that draft. And he drops. Look at all those quarterbacks that went before him. What are those quarterbacks doing right now? Yeah, I mean, they're not doing too well, but that's what they do in the NFL draft, period. Anytime it's a brother who potentially could go number one. And not really just that QB. You'll see a story come out about him. Some off the field. He smokes some marijuana. Mm-hmm. This or that. Just to lower that brother's value. Just to lower that brother's stock. That's the truth. That's what the NFL do. As far as him not reading defense, he can read defense better than Trubisky right now. And that was one of Mitch's mm. biggest problems. They had to simplify that offense. They cut down his reads to one side of the field because he couldn't read NFL defenses. Exactly. So, and can't point. process information. The man processing information faster than me because his line is garbage and he's spinning out a sack right. and still throwing right. down. So he processed yeah. the information pretty good to me. That kid... Those throws that he had in that Pittsburgh game, those were special throws. Man, that throw to yeah. Darnell Mooney, I mean, guys, I don't know how, you know, I get into the weeds a little bit with the film. Mm-hmm. I had to rewatch that play four times, bro, and I was just sitting in my chair just smiling. The way that him and Mooney work together, you could tell these two have a chemistry together. And that is exciting, bro, because he don't have that chemistry with A-Rob, because that was the point you made earlier about A-Rob being our number one receiver. But the fact that Matt Nagy had the genius idea to not give Justin Fields reps with the ones. So A-Rob's just out there lost. They got no chemistry mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, him and Mooney do got a connection. It's going to be fun to watch, you know, that grow, you know. And Mooney is kind of the only wide receiver we have that can take the top off a team. You know, everybody else, speed is kind of lacking, especially for today's game. I mean, like A-Rob is almost kind of like a possession wide receiver. Almost when you think about it, you know, especially with what he has, you know, going with his speed, you know, he really can't take the top off anybody. To me, that Mooney throw was good, but that throw to the tight end, that was that that was something that was great, too. I mean, he had at least five wild me throws, I guess, if you want to call them that, in that game. And he don't throw ducks, all spirals for for the spiral lovers out there. No, no, he got no Ben Rosenberg in (laughs) (laughs) Ben need to hang it up, man, because like I was talking oh, about yeah. watching the film work, that man didn't throw nothing past 10 yards out there in that game on Monday night. Yeah, I was in Pittsburgh, that's why they struggle. <laughs> it's, it's the QB, but nobody going to say that because Ben is a, yeah. a future Hall of Famer, yeah. so nobody going to really call out the quarterback, but that's why the uh, the uh the Steelers is struggling is because being at the QB position, guys know they don't have to worry about the deep ball too much, you know. At all. The safeties so. are going to have a vacation day when uh, when they play that offense. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that shows you how bad, how bad the Bears' defense is. Even, though, even with this man limitations, we still allow them to get off. Yep. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's sad, man. As a Bears fan, you want to cry looking at this defense. This is unrecognizable. We haven't seen any and we used to the offense being bad. Right. You know, that really don't bother us because we've been seeing that 10, 12, 15 years, probably even longer than that. But to see the defense this bad, man, it, this is absolutely tragic. Man. <laughs> you know, I can't, it's hard to watch, honestly. 
Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. Because this is the thing. That 2018 season, the Bears fans, we all are guilty. Oh, we man. always talk about that season. But mm-hmm. that defense right there, that was a Super Bowl caliber defense. The offense let that team down. Also, the kicker situation, I'm not getting into that part. But <laughs> <laughs> but here in Chicago, we're used to being anchored by strong defenses. What we got right now is we have issues on both sides of the ball, which is a recipe for a team that's going nowhere fast. Yeah, we getting gas. Yeah, with the running back, you know, and then if it's a good receiving core and a good QB, then they, you know, gassing us in the passing game too, man. I mean, like I say, we got Khalil Mack, Roquan, and Hicks, and that's Hicks. probably about it. You know, the rest leave a lot to be. Uh, Desire. I guess maybe that young cornerback. You talking about Jalen Jalen Johnson? Yeah, yeah, Johnson. yeah, yeah. You could throw his name in the in the hat. But other than that, man, we got four defensive players. Really, that's you know? true. That's so true. We missing what seven? You know that. That's a lot. Well, I would say this: Eddie Goldman stepped up on Monday night, but he was the guy that I've been kind of waiting on because I was like, man, he's showing a lot of rust. He hadn't really stepped up. He's somebody that I still have some faith in. But to your point, you made earlier about the secondary, bro. Anytime Kendall Vildor is your second corner and you got Duke Shelley in the slot covering slot guys, you're in trouble. Both of those guys should not be in those spots. Those guys are four and fives at best. Yeah. But how do, that's my thing. I understand people love hates. I don't understand why. I guess because he dragged the void. Because he cuts all his success in those middle rounds. That's what it is, man. I mean, a lot of those middle round players are, Disappearing. I mean, Bo Jack disappearing. I mean, a lot of those guys who we were praising are kind of falling off. So it's they, like, but you look at a guy like Mooney, uh, Herbert. Uh, yeah, Mooney. Still, I mean, for all the praise we giving him, he ain't even reached eight hundred yards yet. Not yet. But who was his quarterback last year? I mean, that's true too. I mean, <laughs> but, who, but who drafted that? Who brought in them quarterbacks? That's what I'm talking about. With pace, that's fair. He, he wipes anything he do good. He wipes out. But it's bad moves. Move. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm shocked the Bears so cheap. I'm shocked they allowed him to waste that amount of money on quarterbacks. He been wasting money on quarterbacks for at least four years straight now. Yeah. Not, not to not to mention that Glennon signing. That's oh, the dude. Harold. That's the one. Hey, Mike at what? 18? 18 million. Yeah. Horrible. And then he brought in Dalton. Why would you bring in Dalton if you know you have a chance of getting Fields? Fields. Mm-hmm. Just like, why did you bring in Glennon when you was going to go trade up to get Trubisky? Yeah. These moves make no sense. Then you bring in Foles. I mean, just over and over again. Then we ain't going to talk about your coaching hire, Fox. I'm going to have a good weekend this weekend, Matt. <laughs> Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Nagy. You know, oh. so I mean, this guy here, man, I don't, I don't understand why he get a pass. I just don't see why people handing out passes to this guy because he haven't done anything really to earn it, man. And we praising him for draft picks. How many of those draft picks was, like, really impactful in the middle rounds was impactful guys? Mm. You know, just just stump down guys. I mean, you, 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 really, you really can't name them. And then he missing his number one picks. He's missing. Everybody can say, well, White was hurt. Okay, still, he drafted him. White was yeah, hurt. You didn't get any production from him. I mean, he that, drafted, that, he that drafted hurt. hurt. 
Yeah, you grab her. That's exactly right, Jules. That's exactly right. Because yeah, they, they, right. they, they knew about that stress fracture. They knew about Tevin Jenkins' back injury. Yeah, so, they, no, that's yeah. a fair point. You drafted Floyd. Okay, he's in at the Rams playing with the Rams playing uh, better, but he didn't, you didn't get any production from here. No, that's and why we got rid of Trubisky. You drafted Trubisky, and then the reasons you you drafted Trubisky, and I know he got problems down there in Houston now, but you drafted Trubisky over a quarterback who had mm. pedigree dripping off of. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But His we, coach we, called him the MJ of quarterbacks. Yeah, MJ and cleats. Yeah, so you took a Honda, because you mm. like Hondas or Accords or whatever it was, over MJ and cleats. To me, just off that decision alone. <laughs> you should Yeah, he should have been gone. That made no sense. No. Well, I, I tell you what, they Mac, prepare yourself for Ryan Pace to return after the season. And I think it's 50-50 on if Matthew Nagy gets fired or not. Because you know how they run things there at Hallis Hall. It's a shit show. That organization, I tell Bears fans this all the time. It starts with the top. And until they make key changes with their where it matters, we're going to keep seeing what we're seeing on the field. Well, prayers, you should go to the Bears game with a paper bag over your face. <laughs> Bears fans should turn into the Browns. Immediately should turn into the Browns fans and show up to the game with paper bags over the, your faces. Because they're not taking you serious if they bring both of those guys back. That would be an absolute tragedy. Period. These guys have done absolutely nothing to deserve their job. And I'm not a fan of anybody getting fired. I believe you should keep your job. But these guys got to go. They haven't produced absolutely anything. Nothing. We got the 2018 playoffs basically because of the defense. Let's just be real. Mm -hmm. That's why we got there. The guy who built that defense, he gone. He out there in uh, Denver. Yep, Fangio, baby. Yeah, so... What has the what what have these people done for you? I mean, he brought in Khalil Mack, fine. Mm-hmm. Great. I mean drafted I Roquan. Yeah, drafted Roquan, yeah. I mean, I would have traded those first round picks too, seeing that I don't know how to draft. <laughs> but I'm just saying. What has this man done? Nothing. I don't get it. I don't get the People who saying he he has success, success all what I give Nagy more credit than Pace then, because he has success with Trubisky, which I don't see how that happened, but it Oof. happened. Oof. So come on, man, let them people go. They got to go. They got to get up out of here. They should get the boot immediately. As a matter of fact, if it wasn't for Fields, I would advocate for them being fired right now. I I was, but you know they don't do that. That's not how they roll. Yeah. The only thing the only thing they do is fire coaches that finish ten to six, but. I'm going to just leave it there. Bears yeah, fans, you know what I'm talking about? Thing. We haven't yeah. been good since, Lovey. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know? And then you went and got a, you imported a guy from Canada after Lovey. <laughs> Damn. Come on, man. Who wasn't even a leader of man? No. <laughs> that locker room was on fire, bro. Hey, he was getting ran over. What did he do? Not absolutely nothing. Uh, he, he got the boot quick, too. Yeah, you had to. When you ain't getting no respect, they just doing whatever. Yeah, he, he, shit, he had, he had Lance Briggs opening up barbecue restaurants and missing practices and shit. Yeah. He was getting smacked in the back of his head constantly. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Brandon, on, Mar- Brandon Marshall, like, no, nah, I'm going to be recording this uh, 
CBS thing. I'm missing practice on Monday. You ain't gonna do shit about it. Ain't gonna do that, nothing about it. Ain't gonna do nothing about it. That ain't was a shit telling show. the offensive coordinator, no, fuck you, all this. No discipline whatsoever. No, no. no. And that's the guy you brought in. The Bears brought in to replace Lovey Smith. At least the guys play hard for Lovey. They respect him. It's not his fault y'all didn't give him a, some guys offensively, you know, that could help take his defense farther to go along with his defense. That's, that's really one of his fault, man. Lovey, des- Lovey deserved better, honestly. Is he Lovey, Lovey's mistake was sticking with Rex Grossman. That, that was his mistake. I agree. <laughs> Rex Grossman, Rex Grossman was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Rex Grossman broke my damn heart, Jules. I swear, man. Oh, he was yeah, terrible, man. Oh. And, and put my man in the game, too, though. Uh, they should have kept Thomas Jones, too. That oh, was- my God, yes. Oh, man. Thomas, about Thomas Jones. Man. Yeah, they put... Who was that, Benson? Cedric Benson. Rest that. in peace. Yeah, rest hey. in peace, Cedric. Oh, yeah. Cedric Benson. Said. But I remember when he fumbled at the goal line. That was enough for me. I say, nah. <laughs> Thomas nah. Jones. <laughs> But you know, all that was is they were trying to uh, force that because that was a first round draft pick, and they were trying to force him onto the system when Thomas Jones had that thing rolling, and then they ended up trading Thomas Jones after the fact, which became ill fated as we all know as Bears fans. Just mm-hmm. awful moves, and this stuff goes back even before Pace. You talk about Angelo being here making mm-hmm. fucked up moves. I mean, that's what I'm always saying. It starts at the top because the guys that are making these decisions to bring in these head coaches and GMs, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. It's the brother. the brother. The yeah. brother to go. The McCaskey brother. He oh, yeah. Brother. Or or Phillips, right? Yeah. Because he's he's not a football okay. guy. Yeah, yeah he's he a football guy. How you got non-football people making football decisions? That don't make no sense. It makes no sense, man. Especially when you got an organization that's one of the staples of the league. You should take pride in that. I mean, it's one of the original organizations of the league, of the NFL, with a storied history. With Papa Hollis, with Walter Payton, Sweetness, with Dick Buckus, with all these great players, and this is what you're doing with it? I mean, it's like being six foot, six foot nine and can't play basketball. It's a waste of, a waste of height, waste of talent, man. We've seen a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, geez, as a Bears fan, I'm disgusted, though, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only thing keeping my hope is Justin Fields. Yeah. That's it. The rest That's of this it. stuff, man, Khalil Mack getting mm-hmm. older. Yep. Bo Jack, he looking like hot garbage. He getting older. Even Hicks getting older. He gonna be gone next season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, bro, hey, Rob gonna be gone. Yeah, yeah. This is this is this is not good. No, you know. And then you got to put some pieces around this young man. You got to fix the interior of the line. You got to get a another wide receiver. Cole commit. Seem like he coming around a little bit. So. Yeah, he is. He is. They, get, they got some good. They got some good rhythm. Yeah. So, man, I like I say, man, as a Bears fan, we the only thing we in the wilderness, but the only hope we got is uh, Justin Fields. Really, man. You know. Mm-hmm. And when they, when it comes down to it, Jules, man, this season is all about that kid's development. And honestly, yeah. I've went into this season telling a dub if we win eight or nine games, we're lucky. He thought that they was going to win 11 games. I gave him shit about it on our most right, recent episode because yeah. I was like, bro, that yeah, I heard that one. <laughs> <laughs> right, because I know, yeah, you wanted, uh, you thinking Money Moon was going to go to the Pro Bowls. Yeah, it's not looking, it's not looking good. 
That's ain't done. That's that Cubs hope. <laughs> and, and, he, and, and, and he is a Cubs fan. So when you said that, I chuckled earlier. <laughs> That's that Cubs hope. See, he got that, he got that hope, that undeniable hope, man. But I, you know, I ain't, I ain't got it. I don't got that hope, man. It's no, 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 no. But you know, I get damn to it, man. Next season, Justin will be more sharper uh, oh, yeah. because you see it. Every game, game by game, he's developing more and more and, and developing quick. And that's what we like. That's what we like to see. Like, to your point, Perez, this, this season here is about developing um, Justin, and he's doing a good job. Now, to your point, Mac, now we got to get the pieces in place for him. Yeah. Got to get a football, get a true football guy in here who know how uh-huh. to evaluate talent, who know how to drive, who know how to build a roster, man. And mm-hmm. you get the talent around this kid, Cause you got them for at least 12 years, you know, you got a 12 year stretch. Now you got you a true quarterback. Take advantage of it, man. You know, take take advantage of it. Well, Mac brother, man, we appreciate you for coming on here. Audience. I hope you guys uh, appreciate the fact that we kind of switch gears here at the show. We want to mix it in and get some sports talking. Cause you guys have been asking about it. So y'all welcome in advance. <laughs> Mac. Appreciate you so much for coming on, bro. Don't forget, man, we would love to uh, mix it up with you and Whiskey, man, once you guys get up and going. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's going to be an open invitation. I appreciate you, brothers, for having me on again. I always uh, love chopping it up with you, keeping it real. Enjoy this bye week, man. I'll be in touch with you, bro. All right, man. Oh, Jules, that was fun, man. That was oh, fun. Dude. dude, I like it, man. I love it, man. Just sitting around, brothers, and we just rap about sports and what's going on. Dude, I was smiling from the beginning to end, man. <laughs> you know what that felt like? That felt like when I was a shorty, man, when I would go to this barbershop, Mr. Hubbard's Barbershop, for anybody that's from the South Side, on 87th Street. I used to go there, walk across the street, them old heads would be in there talking sports, mm-hmm. and I'd just be soaking it up. And that's what that felt like in that moment. Because yep. I just felt like I would just be sitting in that room. Sometimes I didn't know what they were talking about, but it was just the passion and just like how they would just... They had stronger opinions about whatever it was that they was talking about. And right. that's how that conversation was, because Mac gets fired up, and I love that. Jules, you know, I already know how you get about stuff, man. We, <laughs> so, it was a good conversation. <laughs> yes, sir, man. Yes, sir, man. And, it, and it's all, man, all in fun, and also get a little trash talking, too. I like when you and Mac was going back and forth about one clock. <laughs> Because you knew it was coming. You knew yeah. it was coming. He said he get an empty calorie. He's like, wait a minute, hold on now. Well, Brian, the only one out there, he out there doing it. But yeah, I'm like, come on now. <laughs> but no, it's all out of fun and love. And, and man, that's what it make it interesting and, and fun, man. Cause you know, you, you one person think, man, that's my man right there. Another the person like, man, he garbage. Man. Yeah. Like get, like, get this shit out of here. <laughs> oh man. Hey, that's how I'd be in the barbershop. Audience, we just celebrated Veterans Day. So before we kick off our curtain call, we would like to issue our deepest gratitude to our nation's veterans for their brave service and sacrifice. Jules, go on and hit them with that curtain call, bruh. President's curtain call goes out to Representative George T. Kersey. In 1923, Kersey, who sponsored a bill that granted funding for a special memorial that was dedicated to the 8th Regiment of the Illinois National Guard, who lost their lives in the World War. This unit saw action in France towards the end of the war, and the soldiers in this regiment pursued retreating German forces. In addition to securing funding for the memorial, he also introduced a bill to create a committee to investigate the unusual large numbers of African-American voters arrested by the Chicago Police Department during the election. Representative Kersey, 
President I am pulling back the curtain podcast family would like to salute you and appreciate all your hard work. Jules, thanks for that curtain call, bro. As always, you can find this podcast on Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Deezer, or wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate your continued support of the show. Without you, we wouldn't be. We're the Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast. Thanks for listening. Peace.